This episode is brought to you by Vistro. Vistro is the number one plant-based meal delivery service in America. Right now, our listeners can try the six most popular Vistro meals for just $49. Visit tryvistro.com slash TMS. That's T-R-Y Vistro. That's V-E-E-S-T-R-O dot com. Tryvistro.com slash TMS today. Coming up on TMS, slightly more expensive hotel room. Isn't there a guy named Fats Wallaby something? Accidental weed cake. Freezer full of fat boys. Captain Crunch dandruff sandwich. I'm from the country, Puerto Rico. (laughs) The best part of waking up is cover kitty in your cup. Therapy Thursday and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Aaron. Behave while I'm gone, and I'll let you in on what I've been doing in the cellar. This has nothing to do with my balls. As the man around here, you can quote me on this. Is the morning stream. Have not heard that in a while. Good to no, hear. It's a it's only bit of goody. Yeah, he's good at. He's he's a singer, man. He can uh, you know do the vibrato and the whatnot. He doesn't do it nearly he's enough. A, it's not a surprise either because he's got such a great speaking voice that you know his singing voice would have to be top notch. Yeah, he's got the good pipes. That's the right. Good pipes. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. It is TMS for July 11th, 2019. I'm Scott Johnson with Brian Ibbett, as we always are, right here in the morning. Hi, Brian. Good morning. Hi. Hello, Scott. Hello. Hello, world. Hello. I, I'm in your ears. I trust world. you had a good uh, weekend deal, or weekend, night, overnight. You had a good night? Yeah, what, what, day, what day do you think this is? <laughs> Apparently, not too sure at this point what day it is. Wow. Kim, how long has Kim been gone? An hour? Half an hour? Uh, well, here's the problem. Uh, today, I'm on farmer hours. I got up at 4 a.m., and because uh, that's she had to leave by five, but we had a bunch of stuff to do to move around, like put stuff in coolers and stuff before she left. So mm-hmm. got up at four, did all of that, ran over to somebody's house whose freezer was full of fat boys. A freezer mm. full of fat boys. Yikes. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, did you call the police? <laughs> they were uh, much smaller and and uh, ice cream sandwich like than I expected. I thought they'd be oh, people. Oh, those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought for a minute it would be like bodies but no uh anyway we brought all those back over with fat boys is that like a like oh a, you never had those are fantastic no fat boys oh, ice cream oh yes dude sandwiches? the best best ice cream sandwiches you can ever have ever oh look at, okay i think i've seen this logo yes yeah you may have seen casper's ice cream fat boy ice cream sandwich yeah. why have never why have i um never had these they're really good the 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 outer whatever this bread part is <laughs> what is yeah, that whatever yeah, that is yeah uh that is just to die for on those it's so good and these look like uh boy and they're like blocks like um like klondike bar blocks oh they're yeah thick as bricks those things are these so is uh sorry i'm just looking to see is casper um is casper a local utah thing oh i don't know i mean we grew or up with them so just, it's possible do i just not do enough <laughs> Uh, shopping to know where <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> to know that this is available at just regular regular ass grocery stores oh yeah look at that it's available at the grocery store that I can see from my house <laughs> well I mean lately it wouldn't be uh, a thing you were looking for 
uh, because you know you're on this awesome diet of yours. But the uh, yeah, yeah, the uh, the, the Fat Boy ice cream is <laughs> right there mm, in the name. It's probably something I should stay away from, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a good point. It's literally called Fat Boy. Uh, yeah, so. there it is right there. Okay, available at the King Supers right by my house. Hmm. And all they right. do other stuff. They got the cone things with all the stuff on mm -hmm. them and the frozen whatevers, but their their Fat Boy is unbelievable. Anyway, we had a whole freezer full yeah. of these. It's like at four... some point, do they sing Wipeout? No, they don't. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, the Fat Boys. The Fat Boys. Why? Why do they, did we? Ever... Uh, do they appear as uh, orderlies in a uh, in a movie called Disorderlies? <laughs> <laughs> do they feature a Christmas song on the annual All Star Christmas album? Didn't they do that yeah, once? Exactly. I think they did that once. But anyway. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Anyway, I'm sorry. Please, please continue. I, I really try. I've really derailed that. It's all right. We went places. Um, they. Uh, so this is at 4:30 in the morning, and we're we're digging through somebody's freezer. It's pitch black. Everyone there sleeping, but they knew we were going to be there. We had keys. So we did that. <laughs> we get back to the house. We stage everything out in the front yard. I put a picture picture up on Twitter this morning. 200 kids worth of food, or uh, enough food for 200 kids. Wow. All laid out wow. on the sidewalk and on the grass in front of the house. And then a bunch of ladies show up in a trailer. And then we loaded up the trailer like a like a bad game of Tetris. Because uh, the trailer's too effing small. And so we couldn't get everything, everything where it needed to go. And so we were constantly playing Tetris, trying to just fit a little piece in here and squeeze a piece in there. But we finally got it. And they had a great big spider web from like the electric company. Uh, you know, the one where he shoots it out and it's like ropes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. We had one of those and they laid it over the top of this thing. And we tied it all down and about 15 ladies said, thank you for your help. And I said, no problem. And now I'm all weirded out. Now I feel weird. I got up at four and I feel weird. <laughs> so that's where my head's at. That's how I'm feeling. Oh, look at that. Wow. Look at that. Uh, that layout with like padding and rolls and cooler, 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 cooler. One of those. One of those orange uh, thermos water cooler mm -hmm. things like um, you see on the back of construction trucks. Yep, every around. time. Every time. You can count on those damn yeah. things. So, yep. yeah, that, and that wasn't even all of it. There was a whole other chunk that came later. But uh, Kim's gone. I'm here. Hmm. I'm queer. Get used to it. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's have a little bit of fun. You know what I should have done? I should have prepped like a cool Australian song thing as an intro. Well, uh, I put a link in the, uh, in our, in our discord. If you want to use that, that's right. uh, Jacko who did the ever, ever ready energizer commercials. All right. I'm playing it. Here it comes. What's the longest lasting battery you can buy? Do, do people do people Gidget in Australia just hate that guy? Like, what do they feel about that guy? I, I the minute you put it up, I'd never heard it before, and I'd never oh, really? heard of that guy before. So I was just like, yeah, I can relate to that. This dude. is new then. Like, <laughs> Jacko. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't remember much about Jacko though, Brian. Like, I, I have a very limited memory of Jacko and what his whole. Don't you remember that guy? Um, those those videos of with him and his uh, like. Didn't he put the battery on his shoulder and dare you to knock it off? Or that might have been only <laughs> a different but, uh, guy. <laughs> we've we've had know. some weird. We've had some weird comedy songs. Like we had used to have a guy called Rodney Rude, who used to do some weird songs. And it's funny that you mentioned um, Zimanity because I actually, when we were in Vegas uh, with my partner Colonel mm -hmm. Kickhead, 
Uh-huh. We, I actually got dragged on stage, and people thought I was part of the act. At Zoomanity, <laughs> you got dragged on the stage at Zoomanity. Whoa! Yeah, we, we were like in the front row, and they ignored me the entire performance. And then they dragged me on stage when it did the circular so. thing, and and then I was in the gift shop, and people are going, "Oh, that's the girl from this show." <laughs> Is that a hold on? Did you just do an American accent? Was that what I was, what I heard there? Yeah, it was. In that was a Cindy Lauper. That was like a Cindy Lauper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Long Island uh, accent there. All right, hold on. A lot of, lot of stuff to unpack here. Let's start with this. All right. Uh, first, mm-hmm. all, first of all, um, there's a lot of things that Scott and I disagree on. Yeah. Uh, you know. Really? Like, yeah. Coffee, uh, alcohol, um, 3D movies. Uh, yeah, there's uh, a list. Like and that. there's a lot of stuff there's we agree list. on, we should say. There's Probably a lot of stuff we agree on. Way and more I think than we don't. One of the things but, that, yeah. that we would both be 100% in agreement on is... Being pulled up on stage for a Cirque du Soleil show would be our absolute worst nightmare in the world. I wouldn't want to do it. So, so who 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 is saying that it'd be the worst nightmare? Brian wouldn't oh, like it. Oh, it'd be it. the worst nightmare for me. But Scott, really? I, no, I, I confirm. I don't, I don't want to go up there. No, I don't want to go up there. I'm with Brian. Oh, look, you know the thing is, when they come down and they grab you, you've got no choice. It's it's that situation where they're just like you and like. That's, or everyone's looking at you, and you're like, I've got no choice. I've got to get up see, there. See, that's why yeah. I hate it, because it feels like you have to do it. I would rather give have them two to birds it. and run. Just two birds and run out the door. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I wanted to. I thought this is fun. I was enjoying the show. I wanted to, and then I had to get on stage, and there was the main guy that commentated the whole thing, and I had to get on top of him and ride, and he's saying to me in like in a French accent, ride me like a pony. <laughs> Rod me, yeah. come on, rod me. And this poor other guy's like terrified. And I'm going, you know what? I'm up here. I'm going for it. Yeah. I am just going to just nail this guy. I am just going to so smack like, his head against the stage. Well, and then when we the got enemy. back, when we got back afterwards, he's like, can I come back to your room and we have a little menage a toi? And I'm like, no bloody way, mate. I'm Shut up. Did he really Australia. say that? Did he, did he proposition you? Did he really do that? Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, wow. dude. This is what it was for wanna... the show, right? Like it was on microphone <laughs> was... or was it? No, no, no! This was backstage. Oh, really? Oh, holy yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. wow. me and Mr. Oklahoma had to walk backstage because the show yeah. was finishing, so they yeah. didn't want us just walking off the stage. So they brought us back, and then he is going, "Oh, come back to your wow. room, and we have wow. some fun." And, and Cirque I'm like, de no, mate, "Sorry, <laughs> yeah. sorry, mate." Yeah, so no guy. Zoomanity yeah. uh, starts and ends with the stage, as far as I'm concerned. There, buddy. That's yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. beginning and end. Ugh. There we go. Uh, well, all right. I'm going to test you guys on some 80s movies. Yeah, we're going to do this. Is gonna I wonder be a if that ever blast. works, by the way. I wonder if that guy's ever gotten, like, gone back I'm to somebody's sure. room. Holy cow. I'm, I'm, I am sure he's, yeah, he's brought true. up some poor you little pick, girl from Arkansas or something. No, what said, you do is you pick, the, you, pick the, uh, you pick one of the bridesmaids in those little clusters of, uh, of wedding party, like bachelorette <laughs> parties. Yeah, yeah, the ones, the sure. ones wearing the, the, the bridal the veil, the, the, the black yeah. bridal veils, because they're the bridesmaids or whatever, and the you grab one squad. of them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's their opportunity. It's like, oh, man, this weekend's all about her. But here's an opportunity for some of it to be about me. And then <laughs> she goes back to the... I'm going on stage, Betty. Wish me luck. Yeah. Exactly. Ooh, I'm going to yeah. take him back to my room at the Excalibur, and we're going to do it all night. <laughs> ugh, ugh. <laughs> Wait, where is Zumanity? Where's that held? What's the casino? That's at the Lux. No, where is Zumanity? New York, New York, right? Is it it in... was further down, I remember, because we were meant to go to the Sopranos show, and they hadn't called us to tell us the show had been cancelled. Mm-hmm. So then the ticket person said, look, we'll give you a refund. There's Zumanity, just a bit. it's just out of the main 
because it's yeah. not kid friendly. Right. right. It is at New York, New York. It's very sexy. Where, where everything's already sticky and grimy. Yeah. Yeah, not not as much as downtown though. It's like, oh, well, yeah, you're yeah. right. That's a good point. Good point. <laughs> well, I'm glad that all worked out and everyone's safe and well now. Uh, all right, yes. so here's the deal. We're gonna do these this trivia questions about eighties movies. Now before we do, I do have music for that, so here you go. All right, that's our theme. Uh, nice. Go for it. Lay it oh. on us. I just put my leg warmers on and everything. Wow, perfect. You're a maniac. <laughs> you are a maniac. on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to do it um, one at a time. So right. I'm going to ask Scott first. So uh, I asked Alex. Alex is at work. So TV Travis, who follows me on Twitter, said that he will keep score. So okay. hello to uh, all the people over in the chat room. Okay. Hi. I met a lot of you, by the way. Yeah, um, right. Awesome bunch of people. Mm-hmm. So TV Travis is going to keep score. So, Scott, if you can't answer, Brian's Brian can step in. And, Brian, I... if you can't answer, Scott can step in. Oh, okay, in. cool. Perfect. I like stealing. Right. Stealing is good. Yeah, all right. In this context. Up. Okay. All right. All right. So question number one, how many movies was Harrison Ford in from 1980 to 1989. This is total number of films, 80 to 89. Oh, wow. And who are you asking okay. first, me or Brian? Scott. Okay. You. Okay. Uh, Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Your one's more hard. 80 to, to 89. Yeah. Let me just think real quick. Uh, that would have been... I can say stuff... Oh, I don't want to give Brian ideas, though. Okay, let's see. Empire... Plus, I think Mosquito Coast was in there. Uh, all right, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say he made eight movies during that time. So close, but nope. Ah, Brian, frick! I was thinking. I came up with seven. No, ten. Was- ten. Oh, ten. Wow. What? Wow. Wait a minute. Yeah. Let me think. What I'm missing? Because. Well, I guess we don't have to do the whole list, but I'm... Uh, People always forget two, things like the Frantic. The Star Wars. Right. Oh, right, right. You know those, those Frantic um, Witness? Witness. People forget that. Mm-hmm. And they've got to think, you know, he was in two Star Wars movies at the time. He was in all mm-hmm. the Indiana Jones movies. Right. He, yeah, he basically did um, a movie every year. He so, was, he uh, was my... I loved Witness, and I can't believe I forgot it. I love Witness. I watch it all. I, if oh, I, if Witness film. is on, I'll just freaking watch Witness because it's great. Anyway. Yeah, awesome, awesome film. We, we'll build a barn one day. Not just for Kelly McGillis's nipples. Not just for that. <laughs> Those are great. Don't get me wrong, but you, I'm just saying. You wouldn't saying... stand a chance anymore now, Brian. No. Uh, Scott, you wouldn't stand a chance. No. For me, it's more about. Yeah. Uh, it's With more Kelly about McGillis's the... nipples. Oh, nipples. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that movie's all about the Amish guy who was in uh, Die Hard as one of yeah. the terrorists. Yeah. That guy's great. Anyway, John. Yeah, he's very intense. Yeah, I like him. Okay, all right. So, uh, Brian, this is now to you. Okay. Apart from a Lifetime Achievement Oscar, what film has Robert Redford won an Oscar for? Oh, um, I think it was Out of Africa. Um, just trying to think. Yeah, I'm going to say Out of Africa. No, it wasn't. Scott. Oh, shoot. Um... Don't always think actor. Can I? Can, oh, can you re, sure. can you repeat the question? I want to make sure I didn't mishear a piece sure. of it. Apart from a lifetime achievement Oscar, what film has Robert Redford won an Oscar for? The The Verdict. No. Damn it! What was it? Ordinary People, 1980 ah! director. Uh, 
a director. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Frick. Yep. Should have thought of that. Okay. I'm a better director. All than right. Oh, trust me, they're not all that hard. I started off hard, and then, and then. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. All right. So, Scott, in the Blues Brothers, what famous director makes a cameo at the end? A famous director. Um. Oh man! At the time, it would have been somebody like. Uh, uh, He's still pretty famous. <laughs> uh, Martin Scorsese. <clears throat> No, Brian? Oh, really? That's not him? Oh, I would, that would have been my guess. Um, uh, He's the county assessor right at the end. Oh, okay. Uh, Spielberg? Bingo. Thank oh. you. Yes. Nicely done, Thank Brian. Spielberg. Damn. I wouldn't if, have you would ask me first, if you would ask me first, I absolutely would have sensed, uh, said Scorsese because I associate him with with you know city new york city chicago that, that whole era of, even when the yeah. i know it was made. a bit tricky and that's yeah. why i said at the end because also frank oz is in the movie earlier on so that oh. i made sure to say at the end gotcha. okay so right. brian this is yours all right what alias does ferris bueller use to get into shay quay restaurant <laughs> Why, he uses uh, abe froman the sausage king of chicago's alias yes <laughs> damn it I knew that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Good job, Brian. All right. So, TV Travis, you're keeping score, right? Okay, cool. Yeah. Scott, um, zero. Brian, higher than me. That's where we're at. <laughs> okay. All right, Scott. Which of these films does not feature a Kenny Loggins song? And I will give you the, I will give you the list. Okay. Caddyshack, mm-hmm. Footloose, mm-hmm. Beverly Hills Cop, or Top Gun? Uh, Beverly Hills Cop does not include one. That's exactly right. Correct. Okay. Well done. Woo. Yep, Caddyshack has I'm All Right. Footloose has Footloose. Top Gun has two, Danger Zone and Playing with the Boys. Oh, yeah. Footloose has two also. Footloose has uh, the title track, but also Heaven Helps the Man. What is it called? Oh, Heaven. Heaven. Yeah, 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 right. Helps the Man. Oh, that's a good song. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Is that called I'm Free? What is it called? Brian, shaming yeah. me. Nobody can <laughs> dance in this town of ours. It's the, it's the dancing song. in the, it's the dancing in the, uh, the, 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 the corn granary. Uh, Heaven uh, help them. There we go. Singing voice on Gidget. Yeah. It's actually a flour mill, and you can go buy flour there still. It's good. Is it a flour mill? Okay. Yeah, it's called the Lehigh okay. Lehigh Roller Mills, and it's about twenty minutes from me. And at the time when they filmed it, there's a shot of him and um, who's the dad? Uh, John Lithgow. John Lithgow are out on the on the turnpike there, but near the highway. Yeah. Where he's standing, it looks like just nothing but fields and stuff behind him because it was then, but now it is just hundreds of miles of development stores and shopping oh, and wow. malls and houses it's like and all little ticky tacky boxes yeah and, yeah <laughs> uh, Waste they at least have mom? a kevin bacon statue because like they have one they have a milwaukee like they have a statue of uh, the fawns in milwaukee they should have a statue of kevin bacon like dancing i agree they <laughs> have in, the, the, in that the... shed when he's doing the like whole tantrum thing <laughs> yeah, in front of his right. v-dub i've, no, been, I've, been, I've that. been in that yes. place where he did all that stuff and they don't play it up at all like robocop in detroit they've got a statue for him like they should totally. do Rocky. something for for footloose well, well, and lehigh and they don't do it. i don't know i don't know why they don't 
I think they've got a statue of Jackson Brown on a corner in Winslow, Arizona, because of uh, Take It Easy. So See? They need to have all these things in there. I agree. It's stupid. They don't yeah. play it up at all. All right, we're starting a petition for right. a Kevin right. Bacon statue in that area. Let's do it. That's right. Okay, so I think we're to Brian. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Arnold, known for his one-liners, utters, Duke around in what 80s movie? Oh, shoot. Stick around. Yes. Okay, so let's see here. Um, jeez, oh, this it could be could be any of them. Um, it really, could. I don't think it's I don't think it's one of the uh, Terminator movies. Oh, or could it be Terminator Two? No, I don't think it is. Um, like he pins somebody to the wall, and he says, "Stick around." Like pins him with a nail gun or something. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what? I think it's Running Man. I'm going to say Running Man. Okay, no, it's not. Ah, shoot. Uh, Commando? No, it's Predator. Damn it, I almost said Predator. I almost did. (laughs) Oh. Uh. (laughs) This is intense. Stick around. Yes. Stick around. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh. Okay, so Scott. Yeah. Name one way the Spinal Tap drummers have died. (laughs) Oh, man. There's three. I don't remember this. Got this. It's been forever, dude. I haven't seen Spinal Tap <laughs> since like high school. Um. Oh my gosh, I don't know this. Uh, let me guess then. I guess. Uh, um. <laughs> I don't know. So, someone, tick, someone tick, died of tick, uh, burning. Tick. Someone burned to death. Ooh, you gonna take that? Can't take. I can't take that. Oh, really? Yeah. really? Um, I was just guessing. Right, was that close? All right. All right. One of them died in a uh, spontaneously combust and left a little green glo- glo- uh, globule Correct. on the uh, on the seat. Another one died in a bizarre gardening accident. <laughs> and I can't remember how the yeah. third one died. So a bizarre gardening accident and choking on someone else's vomit. Choking on someone oh. else's vomit. That's right. I think that was the Ed Bagley driver. Was the choking on somebody else's vomit. <laughs> The official, the official death certificate said choked on vomit, and it wasn't clear whether it was his vomit or somebody else. <laughs> this is just a good reminder for me to watch that again. But also, spontaneous combustion is kind of like burning, right? A it little... is kind of like burning. Yeah. Bonus points. Yeah, it was. That's what I said. It was close, but it was. Yeah. 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 I just. It had to be specific. We were looking for the word spontaneous. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just someone just blowing up on the street. It's just crazy. Okay. <laughs> Okay, number eight. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so who's this going to now? Uh, it's back to me. Yeah, back to Brian. All right, Brian. Yeah. This <laughs> this this is really tough, and I've asked this in one of our podcasts, and people found this a real struggle. So oh, sorry. Okay. <clears throat> what was the cinema movie debut of Bill Pullman? Bill Pullman. Okay. Mm, not Paxton. Um, Pullman. Pullman. Yes. Oh God. Yes. Right. <clears throat> so I can't say. Uh, uh, can't say aliens or anything like that because that was Paxton. Yeah, that would actually, be Bill Paxton. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Pullman's Bill Pullman's cinema. It debut. was a comedy. Yeah. Oh, that's helpful. Um, I actually may know this now. I think I know it because I I saw this movie a lot. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna get one. I think I'm giving the steal to Scott because I cannot think of it. All I can I know he was. Uh, 
Wasn't he the guy that was cheating with, um, uh, was it Married to the Mob? Where he was cheating with um, Michelle Pfeiffer? No, is that, that was somebody Is that else. your answer? Yeah, Married to the Mob's my answer. Okay, no, go, <laughs> go for it, Scott. Uh, the correct answer would be Ruthless People. Ruthless Bingo. People. Bingo. Well yeah. done. Now, I only Bingo. know this because yep. my mom loved that movie. Anything actually with, um, what's his name? Judge Reinhold? Uh, yes. Wait, was Judge Reinhold uh, in that? Judge Reinhold was in that, yeah. And Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. And DeVito for sure. Right. Yeah, anyway, it's a, it's a great movie. It's and, pretty. And it's pretty good. But my wife, they kidnap or my wife, Midler, and then they try to give her back, and Danny DeVito won't take her back. <laughs> right. Right. That's it. Uh, my mom watched that incessantly, and I remember Bill Pullman being in it, and I remember it being weird because my first Bill Pullman movie oh. I'd seen was one he did later, which was Spaceballs. But mm. because I saw him in Spaceballs, then I saw him in this, and went, "Ooh, weird! That guy from Spaceballs is in this," and that's how I remember it. Bing! Yeah. Give me a point. And he plays a wonderful moron. Well done. Right. Yes. Well, you got wow. that. 1986, he yes. played El right. Okay, number nine for you, Scott. All right. <laughs> this might be an easy one for you. Who directed the 1987 movie Robocop? Oh, um, Paul Verhoeven. Correct. Yeah! Well Coming done. back, baby. Tied up, I think. I think things are tied up. Are you guys not putting me up because I've got, like, makeup on and stuff? No. Oh, sorry. I keep forgetting. I have to switch you. Sorry. Here you go. There she is. Oh, I just want to say hello to the... <laughs> I had you up earlier, and then I forgot Hi. to... I got so into the competition, I forgot to put you back up. All right, go ahead. I put lipstick on, goddammit. Um, okay. <laughs> I got dolled up for this. <laughs> we did go out for dinner, so the hair and everything else was done, but I did put lipstick on. Oh, nice. Okay. So, all right. So, the next question is number 10. What country... Is Tony Montana Al Pacino in the 1983 movie Scarface originally from? What, and what show? Uh, who's in Scarface? Who's answering this? Me or Brian? Tony, I'm, I'm I'm answering. It's Brian. You okay. stole. Wait. Oh no no no! You, be you my turn. You knew Verhoeven. Oh right right right! You're right. Yeah. Verhoeven. Verhoeven. I knew Verhoeven. <laughs> Verhoeven. Um, I want to say Colombia. Uh, oh no! Is he? Is he? Puerto Rican. I think he's Puerto Rican. That's going to be my uh, answer. Scott, you want to have another guy? Ah, dang it. Um, He is from Cuba. Oh, he's, he's Italian. Oh, oh it yes. is Cuba. Dang yes. it. Yeah. Yep. I just remember, I remember the, it. the really good Havana stuff before he left, which is yeah. some of my favorite. Go with your instincts, Brian. Oh, I should have. I totally should have. <gasps> All right. Okay. All right. This is a tricky one, and this one really surprised me, actually. This is how many Police Academy movies were there in the 80s? Oh, wow. How many now, Are you counting there? only theatrical? I know this is a question for Scott, so I probably shouldn't be clarifying it for him, but <laughs> theatrical releases? Move, movie release. Video? Okay. All right. Oh, oh now you're throwing me now because maybe some of them were direct. Oh, look, I know in the 80s all of these released at the cinema. The theaters. Yeah, I think, I think yep. that's right. Yeah, okay. Yep. And some of them were like PG, weirdly. Some were R. Yeah. It was a very odd thing. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I was a big fan of the Police Academy movies for no good reason. <laughs> they're fun. Yeah, they're fun, I guess. I'm going to say yeah. uh, f- five. Five? Brian? Ah! I'm thinking I'm thinking it's one more. I'm thinking, I'm thinking six. Correct. Ah, oh, damn it! Ah. Did yeah, you forget six. Mission to Moscow, Scott? Probably. 
Those were bad. And they were at the beach, and it's I'm amazing that right. he didn't the moon. I mean, three of yeah. them didn't even have what's his name in him. He was gone by no, then. Only the first two, I think, had Gutenberg. But I think uh, I want to say that Tackleberry was in all of them. He was the Eugene Levy of that series. Oh yeah, Tackleberry yeah. still working. Yeah. He's like on weird Nickelodeon stuff now. That guy still. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, big time. It was a bit like the Revenge of the Nerd movies, and yeah. Anthony Edwards was really smart to like just bow out after the first one, <laughs> and then all the rest of the gang just kept on going. Yeah. Right, um, exactly. But hey, yes. it's work. Yeah. It's work. You can't complain. Nice all right. You can get it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's Brian? Oh, Brian, yeah. It's me, yeah. Okay, what are the character names of the five students on detention in The Breakfast Club? Oh, come okay. on, I, man. Right. Just, just okay. first names are fine. All right. Well, there's uh, John Bender is is uh, Judd. Uh, mm-hmm. Brian, I can't remember his last name. Anthony Muckahol, but you don't sell any first names. Claire mm-hmm. is Molly Ringwald. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, and if I don't get all these, then he's going to steal. Uh, Emilio Estevez's character name is... All right. So we got Emilio Estevez and Ali Sheedy are the two I haven't come up with yet. Her name... The basket case is dandruff thing. Yeah, dandruff. Yes, exactly. And the, and the, the Captain help. Crunch, the Captain Crunch sandwich. Yeah, uh, Captain Crunch yeah. thing. She's so gross oh in that movie. God. Let's see. Her character name is. <sighs> I know it. Do you really I know these? I, I know hers, but I'm not 100 percent sure on the Estevez one. On the Emilio Estevez's? Yeah. yeah, I should have. I should have not said any of them until I knew all five of them <laughs> for the steal. Um, is it? Uh, is it Missy? It's not Missy. He just calls her Missy once. Oh. I'm gonna, yeah, I, I'm I'm drawing a blank, and I don't want to give Scott any help. All right, what's what's Ali Scott, Sheedy? Are you Scott? slapping because you know Al, Ali Sheedy is Allison. Yes, so That's she, right, and Allison. I remember that because it was short for uh, her name, close for Ali, yeah. or long for yeah. her name. Yeah. yeah, and then I think Emilio Estevez. I'm really torn between two names, but I'm just gonna say the one I think it is. Please be mm-hmm. it. Emilio Estevez is Andrew. Yes. Oh, uh, Andy. right, Andy. Well, I think done. this needs. To, I don't know about the chat room, but I think this needs to be split points. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I think I, this needs to be split points because Brian have, named three, you named two. I think this needs to be a one point eight. Well, for did the you record, have John, Claire, and Brian. Yeah, I knew the rest of them, but yeah, it's impossible for me to say that without any proof because because Brian already said them, so I guess I can't <laughs> prove it. So, what was the name of the principal just for a bonus? Vernon. Uh, oh, Vernon. Yeah, we can. You know what yeah. you can do? You could. You, I, I have no problem with that one getting split. I think that's fair because. Because uh, I think so too. Because yeah, yeah you both you both named a few, and yeah, that was a tricky one. All right. Um, all right. So splitting it, I think it's Scott. Mm, yeah, my turn. I think. Yeah. All right. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Jennifer Aniston made her film debut in which eighties sci-fi movie? And I've got options. Oh Explorers. really? I'm gonna know this. One. Yep. Okay, go ahead. Explorers, yeah. Mac and Me, Flight of the Navigator, or The Last Starfighter. Oh shit! The one I thought it was isn't in your you're, list. You're looking for Leprechaun, weren't you? Scott? Yeah, I was. <laughs> it wasn't the first movie. This was uh, uncredited, by the yeah, way. Yeah. It was uncredited. They've all got to start somewhere. I have a guess, but oh, hold on. That obviously goes first. Uh. Oh. Give me the list one more time. 
Okay, Explorers. No. Mac and Me, Flight of the Navigator, or The Last Starfighter? I'm going to say Mac and Me. You are exactly right. That oh. would have been my guess. Good. Yeah. Total guess, but it felt right. Okay. You're exactly right. Okay, oh. Brian. Yes. Which 80s movie was the highest grossing film of the entire decade? Ooh. Whoa. Um, God, feels like Return of the Jedi would be the... Uh, would that be the obvious answer? That was so... I mean, that was 83. That was early. Maybe maybe one of the Indiana Jones movies. Um, That's a lot harder a question than it seems like. It is, yeah, exactly. Because I'm giving answers. See, no, we're not looking at it. Right, so, so if you can see my screen, there, right there, is the chat room. I don't make eye contact with the chat room for <laughs> these things. This is my I'm outside. I'm guilty of yeah. it. When you guys do the quizzes, I am guilty of trying to give answers. So, <laughs> credit. But, but, but this is my thing, chat room. So stop helping. I have no. Yeah, I've got chat rooms are like not even up for me. I don't see them. Um, I'm just trying to think of what else. Like when you see those lists of highest grossing movies of all time, I'm trying to think of it, what which one of those might be from the 80s. It actually held it until Jurassic Park in 1993. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. Um, I'm going to say Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I don't think that's right, but. No, Scott. No. Um. I guess I can't ask you when a certain movie came out. <laughs> uh, you can. Not, neither of you have thought to even ask me for a clue. I will give a clue. No, no don't give a clue. I'm, I'm going to okay. just guess that it's... I still think it's a Spielberg joint because his movies were top yeah. grossing for the year, or for those years. Yeah, feels like a safe bet, yep. Um, I mean, I'll bet Indiana Jones or one of those is close. But I'm going to say the one that was the broader appeal, probably E.T. was the one. Correct. Oh, that's oh my good, gosh, really? Yeah, good <laughs> guess. Yeah, yeah. It, surpassed, yeah. it actually surpassed Star Wars. Star Wars, held, Star Wars held it for a while, and then E.T. came along, held it for 11 years until Jurassic Park in 1993. Well done. Wait, uh, oh. Fun home. Where was Indiana Jones on this list, or was it on the list? Uh, uh, it, 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 these were the tops. Oh, oh, okay. So I can look into it more for next time. No, no, no it's totally fine. Yeah, these, these were the top, yeah, so it, it surprised me too. Yeah. yeah. My memory is I'm the Back not, to the Future. I like the movie. I, I, I almost, don't love it. I so. almost said Back to the Future. This close. Just about said it. I'm sure it's on that, the list. That wouldn't have been a bad answer either because mm-hmm. Back to the Future was huge. It did really well, yeah. That's got to be top yeah. 15 or lower. I don't know. All right. All right. Here's a, here's a, here's a tricky one, and this is such a girly one. <laughs> I'm a girl. Um, all right. So who's who's got a it's, uh, Scott? If it's an odd number, it goes to Scott. If it's even, it goes to me. There we go. Easy to sort out. All right, Scott. Name two 80s movies actress, dancer, and singer Cynthia Rhodes was in in the 80s. Cynthia Rose? I don't know. Rhodes. Rhodes? I don't I've know. Who one, this is. I've got one for sure. R H O D E S. I can't think of what it is, but I'll. Can I just say one or I have to say how many? <clears throat> I said two. Okay. But if you can name one and then Brian can name the other, I'll give you both a point. All right, I'll get, I'll do I'll just make two guesses because since she's a dancer, dirty dancing. That's one. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just guessing yeah. she's, here. She's Patrick yeah, Penny Swayze's pregnant pregnant girlfriend. Friend. Okay, yeah. so all right. Or pregnant I'm sorry, pregnant friend. Yeah, because yeah, then right. for some reason he fancied Jennifer what's the Jennifer, like, Jennifer well, Gray. that doesn't work. Gray, yeah. 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 Jennifer yeah. knows job. Shoot. Um all right, hold on. Mm. 
Well, now I'm now I'm thinking of other dance movies. Um. Oh, oh, uh, Flash Dance. Correct. Really? Oh, well Shut done. up, dude. Well yes. It was Xanadu, Flash Dance, Staying Alive, Runaway, and Dirty Dancing. Oh, that's wow. awesome. I have no. I don't even know who she Scott, is, you guys. I may, I just guessed dance movies. That's it. Look her up. She's amazing. She's an amazing dancer. She should yeah. have made a lot more movies. But she was actually married to Richard Marks. Whoa, the same. The, uh, everything I do. Did no, she? different guy. No, that's Brian yeah. Adams. Yeah. Did she hold on to the knights? <laughs> oh, that's it. Hold on to the knights. No, Richard Richard Marks was uh, the, the mullet. Um, I, I love waiting, and yeah, right. Yeah, hold yeah, yeah. on yeah. to the night. That's totally him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So right. sixteen. Okay. All right, the movie quote. Oh, this okay. is so easy, Brian. If you don't get this, I good. Well, I need an easy one yeah, after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Oh, that would be uttered by Bill Murray and at, at the end of Ghostbusters. Oh, Correct. Yeah. Good job. Correct. Yeah. Good job. All right, Scott. <laughs> yeah. In the Goonies, what brand of candy bar did Chunk try and give Sloth? Oh, shoot. Milky Way? You have Milky Ways over there? Yeah, well, we yeah. do, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. love them. Oh, that's okay. Not right. I thought we only had them. No, it's not. That's not right. Damn it. Baby woo. Oh, yes. oh shit, yes. dude. Brian gets it. Why did I forget that? <laughs> oh, well done. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Need to stage a comeback here. I need to rally. <laughs> hey, don't call it a comeback. You've been here for years. <laughs> Every time All right, you get Brian. to that. <clears throat> yeah. In the movie Rain Man, what was the only airline Raymond says has never crashed <laughs> at the time? Qantas. And that was the only airline that would show Rain Man on during a flight was Qantas. Correct. Yeah, yeah. No other airline would play it. And, yeah. right. and, and they have had a bit of a prank since then, by the way. So uh, that yeah. was at the time. All right, Scott. All right. Who plays the dad in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Oh, um, uh, 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 Rick Moranis. Come on. Yes. <laughs> Of course. Come on. Wayne Selinski. Wayne Selinski. I was only watching it last night. Great, great movie. Really good. You would have had okay, me if you would have if you would have said question. what was his if you would have said what his name was, I'd have never gotten Wayne Selinski. Character name. Yeah, yeah. Never That's why that. I didn't. Yeah. That's why I didn't. I'm, I'm going so I'm going soft first All right. round. All right. Okay, so final question for Brian. That's what she what, said. This is a toughie. <laughs> what two Muppet movies were released in the decade of the eighties? Ooh, and there was okay. only two. There were only two. All right. Well, the Muppet movie, obviously. Nope. And, nope. Oh, was that 79? <laughs> Shoot. Okay, well, I'm not going to say the other ones then. All right. Yep, Dang. it's over to you, Scott. Uh, Muppets Damn. Take Manhattan is one of them. Yeah. And the other one would be... Uh, let's see, Muppet Take Manhattan. Oh, The Great Muppet Caper. Yes. Yes! Yeah! Yes. <laughs> Woo! Well done. Yeah, because the original Muppet movie was well like seventy-seven done. or seventy-eight. You, you guys or did great. Yeah, you know, it just jumped right to like, oh well, well okay, so the, obviously the first one had to be. <laughs> I love the Muppet movie, but yeah, it's seventy-nine. Oh, it was in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then I think um, Christmas Carol was like uh, nineteen ninety-two. Nice. So <laughs> that was the only two Muppet movies, but we have podcasts. Um, the Great Muppet Caper. That was a hoot. That's a great so movie. That, that's it. That's it, boys. You I did. Really wow. Yay. Well done, Scott. I feel pretty good. What was the final score? I wasn't really paying attention to the ten, score. Ten to Travis eight. was keeping score. Yeah. Ten and to eight. Ten to eight. Ooh, that's close. That's ten close. 
Ooh, that wasn't so that wasn't close. a blowout or anything. No. <laughs> that was awesome, Gidget. We should uh, do that again. Rick Morella, come on now. <laughs> Who starred in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Name, <laughs> name one of the kids, Scott. <laughs> uh, I couldn't do any of those kids. Or the mother. The aunt. <laughs> there you go. The uh, ant in the backyard. I couldn't do the kids. <laughs> I couldn't do the mother. <laughs> like, all of that is so jacked up in my head. I can't believe I even... I mean, I'm really <laughs> glad it was Rick really well. You both did really, really well. And, that, and that's the great thing. We're all of the same age basically so we grew up with these as teenagers Mm -hmm. these movies so it's just what you can remember and the one that shocked me the most was the 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 biggest like at the et one Mm -hmm. that shocked me the most when i looked that up because you know what now that you say it like if you were to give me four choices and et was one of them i i would have definitely gone for et just because it was a it was a juggernaut it was like such a multi multi uh visit to the theater kind of thing it was like it was the um i don't know it was like the avatar of the 80s it was like this thing that just it really was. Appealed so to everybody. Would go back and people would go back and see it several times and and that sort of thing so yeah yeah in but retrospect we, we, just forgot did about our, ET. Yeah. we just did our um we just released our podcast of our top 10 non-human characters from 80s movies mm-hmm. and uh, my partner angry man said et and i i'd only just remembered You'd never seen it. They didn't show it in the posters. They didn't show. There was no trailers showing it. It just showed like the finger mm-hmm. reaching down and picking up, you know, the candy. It, you didn't see it, so there was no spoilers for it. So when you enter the movies, it just blew your mind. Oh when yeah, you yeah. Finally I don't saw even think actual... you see them until like half an hour into the film or forty-five minutes or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's it's keeping that mystery. It's the same with Predator. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. the same with so many of those movies in the eighties. They really keep it as a secret, and they don't just go straight out of the gate and go, "There's the creature." Yeah, you know it. That's why the original you Aliens know. was so good, or Alien was so good, because they didn't show them for forever, oh, God, and yeah. it just led it up yeah. perfectly. But then Aliens yep. did but- a good job of like never showing them too much. Like it was always a lot of shadow and quick movement, and like I love that kind of thing. If it's oh, done that right. first Alien yeah. movie in the seventies, Ridley Scott one, just you know with Ash. Mm-hmm. In, in in the vents and, and all of a sudden they're like, you know, she's she's staying up in the top there, you know, get out of there, get out of there, it's above her. And he's like, I can't see it. So he goes up and then it's just there and it just spreads its right. And it folds and, out and of the thing, comes fear. out of the deal. Yeah. Oh, so good. That thing just had its 40th anniversary, didn't it? The first Alien movie? Was it, it really? like in so. uh, April or May or something like that? I saw that with, uh, we saw that at the Century 21 Theater, no relation to the uh, re- real estate company, mm. but it's this massive theater in Colorado. It's not around. Actually, it's around. It's been turned into a multiplex or something. But uh, our friend Beverly hid under the seat for about the last two thirds of the movie. That's awesome. My mom's my mom's <laughs> friend Beverly. We were uh, we I had did a, that with Poltergeist. Our, <laughs> Poltergeist. Oh, I did yeah. that in that damn you know that clown toy. The clown. Yes. I was twelve. Oh, yeah. I was twelve when my nana took us to see it. And my nana thought that it was a kid's movie because there was a child on the poster. Mm. <laughs> and she was more messed up than my brother and I. So, yeah. you know, ah, the old days. <laughs> this is what's wrong with the uh, the greatest generation. They didn't know how to pick movies. Hey, but here's the other thing I was going to say. <laughs> uh, Brian, we had a Century 16, and it was the same thing, except smaller mm. probably. I assume it had mm. less, with the number being smaller, probably less theater or space. Well, only the Century 21 only had one theater. It wasn't 21... It wasn't a 21 uh, theater multiplex. It was just called the Century 21, like oh, the 21st Maybe that's century. all ours was too then. Or maybe it had two or three or something. I don't remember, but they I'm also went the away. I Century 16 had 16 theaters because you, you wouldn't want to advertise a theater being, oh, this theater has got the latest 16th century innovations. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the latest in 16th century cow. You'll leave with the plague. Uh, <laughs> all right. Now, before we go, we would be remiss if we didn't uh, make sure that Gidget got to tell everyone about this podcast you keep referring to, where you guys talk about 80s movies all the time. Where can yes. people get it? What is it? Tell us about it. It's the Retro Cinema Podcast. Uh, I host it with Angry Man, and we only podcast the 80s movies we loved back then because we're both that age, and we still love now. So we've done a, just over 200 podcasts now, but everyone spells my name wrong, so it's Gidget, G-I-D-G-I-T, not E-T, because yep. I'm I'm not contemporary. No. <laughs> you don't want to hear that. You're you also not you the biggest selling movie of the 80s. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> You don't adhere to the rules that man has for you. But it's been good to have you here, and we should do this again because I really enjoyed it. Not just because I won. That's not the only reason. You guys did so well. Honestly, I was really worried, and I'm thinking, oh, am I pushing it too hard? But honestly, both of you, Mm -hmm. brilliant job. We love 80s movies. What can we tell you? Yeah, Yeah. We came of age, Brian, during this time. Might have to make them harder next week. (laughs) Oh, God. Whoa. Capture that one. No, I won't. I promise I won't. Uh, Well, have a fantastic uh, time. Maybe we'll do this next month, and we'll uh, we'll test our steel once again with Gidget Von LaRue. Take it easy. We'll talk to you later. All right. Very good. That was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Good job, too. Thanks. I, I don't usually win these, so I'm pretty happy with myself. Especially with you, you're like genius quiz man, and I'm not. Yeah, but I got—I mean, we both got some tough ones, and I batted cleanup on a couple of years. But um, uh, man, there were some there were some tough ones in there. Yeah, some toughies, as you'd say. Some toughies. All right, uh, let's uh, get a couple stories in here. I think we can do it. Yeah. So here's this, and then here you go. This is your radio newscaster with another exclusive, sensational summary of world and local events. Hey, it's the news brought to you by. Hey kids, do you like Dungeons and Dragons? Well, so do we. Check out therewillbedungeons.com and get the podcast or VOD today. Yeah, we're having a good time on there. Uh, people should check it out. If you haven't seen it or heard it, you are missing out. So go watch it. You need to, to it. check it out for sure. I agree. Um, all right, let's move into the world of... Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to do an Australian story. How about that? Check this out. Okay. Gidget, you left us, but we still have an Australian story. Australian gender reveal party goes wrong as the car bursts into flames. <laughs> I hate these gender reveal parties. I I, am, I'm so tired of the whole gender reveal thing because obviously there are several that go right, but you only ever hear about the ones that go horribly wrong. Right. Like, man shoots his hand off with blue bullet after uh, during gender reveal party or yeah. something like Basically that. Basically because they keep trying to outdo each other. Yes. It gets worse and worse and worse, and someone's going to freaking die. They need to knock it off. Mm-hmm. So here's a good example of that. Uh, this happened on the Gold Coast of Australia. Took a dramatic turn as a car used to uh, was used to spew blue smoke to say it was a boy. It ignited suddenly. Caught on fire. Queensland Police Service released footage of the incident, which took place on April 18th, to warn about the dangers of burnouts, an increasingly popular feature among gender reveal parties in Australia specifically. We could ask Gidget about this. On several occasions over the past year, gender reveal burnouts in which cars emit uh, billowing clouds of blue or pink smoke have resulted in flaming vehicles and arrests. In the latest drone video released by police, the big reveal initially goes as planned, with celebrating guests filming as the car goes down the road, engulfed in blue smoke. After it comes to a stop, however, the car bursts into flames, and the driver and the guests are forced to abandon the car. Abort, (laughs) abort! And they ran. 
Oh, I shouldn't say abort when they got a baby reveal. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe don't say that. Uh, Eject, eject. Eject, sorry. Sorry, everybody. Bad use of term phrasing. (laughs) Uh, It says a 29-year-old man was convicted of dangerous operation of a motor vehicle. Um, These aren't isolated. Yeah, he had his license suspended, which is great. Like, six months he can't drive a car now because of this stupid crap. They should ban him from all blue smoke. All colored smoke. No colored <laughs> smoke colored for that guy. smoke. Yeah. <laughs> he can't have any colored smoke. Um, let's see. Uh, let's skip down here. In September last year, uh, this uh, another couple pled guilty to misdemeanor violation of a U.S. Forest Service regulation that was here in the States. Uh, and five years probation had to pay eight. Oh, is that correct? Those numbers can't be right. Eight million dollars in restitution. Eight million. Well... Yeah, I mean, if it was Forest Service, I wonder if um, if it was like a uh, uh, yeah, there it is. He he um, sparked a wildfire that burned almost forty-seven thousand acres of land, caused more than eight million dollars in damage. Oh my gosh, dude! Can you imagine that? Yes, he he shot a target. So this is a different guy. This is yeah, different Dennis Dickey who shot a target reading boy, which he had packed with the highly explosive substance Tannerite. They should name the boy Tanner. That'd be really funny. The target emitted a blue cloud of smoke, but also ignited the surrounding brush and caused eight million dollars in fire damage. Here's my here's what oh, I yeah. imagine. This is my dinner the dinner time imagine of what's happened to that house. Daddy? Yes, Tanner. Uh, how come we never have any money? That's my, that's, my impression. <laughs> that's right, exactly. Do we have to go into the forest again and, yeah. and forage for food? What's happening, Daddy? <laughs> Oh, Tanner, it's okay. Now, don't touch Daddy's ankle, ankle bracelet. Everything will be fine. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, uh, good luck to them, and I hope that works out. Also, in the news, a grandfather. I'm one of those now. Still coming to terms mm-hmm. with it. You know what? Grandpa I just don't like. Scott. I just don't like the name because the kid's great. He's awesome. I want to spend all day with him. Sure. He's amazing. I don't have any. You just qualms. don't like the name. You just don't like being called Grandpa because it has a connotation. It's like old guy thing. I don't want to be any older than I am. Damn it. Anyway, whatever. Like Brian always says. Bet you a lot of people called you grandpa on the road before you had, before Van came along. Maybe. But there was a lot of people in in a car right behind you. Come on, grandpa, pick it up. Could have. That's a good point. Here's the uh, thing, though. I always have a little voice in my head that sounds like you that goes, it's just a number, Scott. It's just a number, Scott. Yep. But then it feels like ASMR and it makes me tingle. So I have to stop. This <laughs> it makes you feel funny. Yeah, I feel a little funny. Anyway, this grandfather accidentally uh, brought cannabis-laced cake to a hospital as Oops. thank yous for the nurses there. Yep. Nice. Uh, this dude's in the UK. It's all international today. Guys in the UK accidentally brought this cake. Uh, the incident happened on May 27th, according to the Warrington and Halton Hospitals NHS Foundation Trust is way too long of a name, which conducted an internal investigation of the incident. Uh, In a statement, the trust said staff noticed a strange smell coming from the cake and called the police, who removed and later destroyed it. Dude, we totally destroyed it. There's a strange smell coming from this cake. (laughs) I don't know what to compare it to, but something's weird and off. When they say they destroyed it, I think that's like stoner talk for Dude, we right. totally destroyed we, it. We burned it in the back. <laughs> yeah. Ate the whole thing, man. Uh, grandfather showed up earlier in the day with a leftover cake from his grandson's 18th birthday. Brought it to the nursing staff on the way out of there. So it's this 18-year-old kid's cake. At first, management of the hospital uh, denied that anyone ate the cake, but police confirmed it was eaten on the premises. 
management said, or management as well as the foundation trust stated that one staff member had eaten a piece of cake and didn't suffer any ill effects from it. So it's fine. <laughs> but don't, you, you know. Well, it's great because it was like leftover cake from his grandson's 18th birthday party. That's the part that, <laughs> that you know, we didn't even talk more about. The fact that his grandson had a weed cake for his 18th birthday party. Yeah, that's hardcore, man. Best, best birthday ever, Gramps. As weed, uh, so we have these states like your state where it's legal now. Can they do that? Has the UK yeah. gone on that boat or are they still? Are they still oh, no I don't weed? know. That's a good, let's see, recreational marijuana countries because um that's funny we think about it here in the u.s um so obviously uh oh canada just became the second largest country in the world to legalize weed nationwide uruguay was the first oh, okay i knew i heard about canada but i assumed that they were in a long line of places so it looks like yeah so looks like um this was uh end of 2018 here we go Uruguay, Peru, per, uh, possession isn't punished. Spain, you can grow it and consume it privately. Mm. Um, illegal in the Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> you can oh, you can carry it, but you're not allowed to smoke it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what's your, that from? With your that's uh, Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah, I just yeah. heard that because Nick watched Pulp Fiction and I heard the line out of his computer the other day. Right, uh, South Africa. Oh, Cat, you're dipping your tail into my coffee. Gross. No kidding. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> tail, cat tail coffee. Yeah. Um, it didn't actually make contact with the liquid. It just went down the, just went in the cup. Sure. Best part of waking up is your cat's tail in your cup. <laughs> uh, and then uh, South Africa, you can have it. You can, again, have it privately, but not publicly. So. All right. But not in the UK. Nothing, nothing. Uh, um nothing listed for the UK. Yeah, I guess I'm slightly surprised by that. I am too. I I wonder if um I mean again Zoe brings bacon can probably speak to this but uh is it is medical marijuana legal in the UK or is it hmm. Yeah. Cuz they do nothing. have a lot of they have looser restrictions on other kinds of stuff that we categorize as, you know, way more hardcore over here, so I assume that they would yeah. be a little more open to it, but Yeah, interesting. Um, they say it's UK is as draconian as we are. Really city and really. Wow, jeez. City and just City and really is leaning into the new free hotel room. Oh role. yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. He's yes. in a free hotel room probably. He's so like, into it. Slightly more expensive hotel room is basically what Sidian's new uh, handle should be. He's at a day's in. That's right. Is that a slightly wow. more expensive hotel room? I don't it's, actually know. It's a slightly more expensive hotel room. So we've had Inara made her appearance. Now uh, Remus is going to make his appearance. Great. Let's hear this is for Remus. I was on my third cup. Good. Put your tail in it. Yeah. He's not getting in my coffee. Yeah. I tried to find a good coffee thing. I can't. Let's see. Harvey, want anything special for your birthday? Just a decent cup of coffee. You're kidding. I'm serious. Honey, your coffee's undrinkable. Well, that guy's kind of a dick. <laughs> he almost said your coffee's shit. <laughs> <laughs> you like, you like condoms, right? Your coffee is... Yeah, that pregnant pause says everything. <laughs> your coffee's undrinkable. It's undrinkable. Oh, that was great. All right, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, Wendy... Dunford will be here. We're going to have a discussion about an email we got. Uh, we're going to see if we can help some people with our Therapy Thursday segment. 
on der show. So that'll happen here shortly. Before that, though, a musical selection from the house. What has Brian Ibbett in it? Brian, what is it? Yes, another one that you're going to be waiting a while for. So you're uh, going to get a nice little taste here of something that you can just anticipate when it comes out. A band called Stolen Jars. They have a brand new LP coming on album coming out September 6th. That's a long playing record, Scott, that old LP. Mm-hmm. This is a follow-up to their uh, sophomore album, Kept, which uh, the Village Voice loved, Stereo Gum loved, NPR Music. Um, this this one is um, continuing their, their same, um, uh, same style. It reminds me a lot of Vampire Weekend. Uh, if you like Vampire Weekend, you'll probably like this. By the way, they also are uh, composers for movies. They did the rewrite back in 2014, Hard Sell in 2016, and Disney's forthcoming Christmas movie, Noel, uh, also had music done by Stolen Jars. This is their debut single from the album. It is called Winona. Here are Stolen Jars and Winona. We'll be right back. Winona, you won't be gone. Like bounces back from everything. And so I'll meet you home when home is on your way. I'm not sure if you are coming back soon We helped each other to breathe again And so No, no, you won't be gone My bounce is back from everything So I'll meet you home And hope it's on your way again No, I know you tonight Hey guys, I want to talk about 
I mean, you're going to think this is just an ad read, right? This is just Scott reading an ad. Does he really believe this? I'm so stoked about this stuff. I want this to come over very clearly. Both Brian and I love Vistro. This entire episode is brought to you by them. V-E-E-S-T-R-O. That's Vistro. They're a nationwide, 100% plant-based meal delivery service. In fact, Vistro is the number one plant-based delivery meal service in America. No prep work, chopping, or cleaning involved. All Vistro meals can be heated and served so you can enjoy it hot, healthy, and delicious. That's what you can get from these meals whenever you're hungry. Vistro meals have no added preservatives, using only organic ingredients, fresh frozen for maximum taste and nutrition. They keep it in the freezer for up to 10 weeks, or you can, rather. So if you put them in your freezer, you're like, I can't eat these yet. Don't worry about it. You can come back later. Get it when you want it. Anyway, we all know a plant-based diet is better for your health and the environment, but changing the way we eat can be intimidating. Maybe people don't uh, people don't know where to start. I didn't know where to start. I know where to start now. Vistro makes it easy. Food is delicious. Chef is one of the best in the business. Over 30 years of experience crafting plant-based meals. And uh, you're hearing all that going, oh, are you just talking about vegan? Vegans are Vegan food's gross. Dude, I can't even tell you how good it is. I mean, I can, but you're just going to have to believe me. Brian and I talk about this a little bit on the show as well. But man... I have never had vegan food like this. It was good enough where I went, wait a minute. Why couldn't I have this all the time? This is what I would prefer to eat over all the red meat and things I'm otherwise addicted to. It's really fantastic. Uh, We're talking healthy stuff, hearty stuff, satisfying meals like country fried chicken, uh, Tuscan calzones. I guess that'd be Tuscan. Tuscan? How do you say that? Tuscan Italy. Anyway, enchilada casserole, red curry, and lots more. That enchilada casserole? (laughs) So good. In fact, that's probably my favorite. I think the enchilada casserole was my favorite. I felt like I was eating meat, and I wasn't. Really, really good. Anyway, whether you're already a vegan or just looking to add more plant-based meals to your diet, like me, Bistro is a convenient and delicious solution, especially if you're busy and don't always have the time or energy. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, they got you covered with over 50 meal options. You can customize your meal plan around your taste, including meal plans for weight loss. Ooh, I could use that as well. Vistro offers free shipping on all orders, and right now you can try the six most popular Vistro meals for just $49. Visit tryvistro.com. That's try, the word try, and then the word Vistro, V-E-E-S-T-R-O.com slash T-M-S. No commitment. Pause or cancel anytime. But you can uh, get that $49 deal right now if you use that link. Tryvistro.com slash T-M-S. Do it today. Shinji Ikari. Yes? You will be its pilot. Huh? Mind dinner, mind dinner, mind dinner. I'm gonna eat it now. I gotta go. Okay, bye. Now, it's here. A new force at breakfast. This is the morning stream. back everybody welcome back to the program to the podcast to the live stream oh look see the cat oh my gosh you're getting you're getting infested dude the cats are everywhere i know know. (laughs) oh well done knock everything off my desk yeah i'm like the old guy at the end of uh, logan's run all of a sudden here (laughs) they're my friends i talk to them Uh, i love that guy that was um peter Ustinov. peter Ustinov. yeah Yeah. hold on so you would have got that trivia question before me I would have. Mm-hmm. I know. 
Come you on. I had it. Gidget Von LaRue just threw me a softball and then gave you a couple of hardballs. But wait. Mm-hmm. All right. My sister, Wendy, should be here. I am. Oh, I hear her now. Hi, Wendy. Why are you green behind you? Oh, it's a green screen I have. Um, normally, yeah, uh, the, so only, the other, yeah. The other people can see uh, Scott flying through space or on the frozen <laughs> tundra or. Oh, wow. What, whatever no. I want to have just... behind me. I they can see that, but you guys have to watch me in front of it because it's just the way we are. Set. Well, it looks like a live, like you feed, have a a live feed from the local strip club going on behind Scott <laughs> on the green screen. That's right, working the pole. Great. What'd you say, Wendy? It looks like what? I said it looks like just a big old T-shirt you cut up behind you. That's what it looks like. Oh well, it's kind of that. I mean, it's just material, and it's a, this, it just needs to be green. right? It's just a huge chunk of it, and it's all it's all required. It's all clamped down with these big giant nipple clips I got at the Home Depot. Nipple clips. I mean, they could be used Jeez. for that. I guess I don't know. I don't think you could. Not, not unless you've got Godzilla-sized nipples, though. Well, look at these. I mean, that's it, and it's a pretty. It's a pinchy little deal. I mean, I wouldn't recommend this. I'm not saying do it. Yeah, like, yeah it hurts on my finger. Anyway, that's neither Ow. here nor there. Ow. Uh, hey, Wendy. It's nice yeah. to have you here. We're gonna see you in like a month here at the. Well, a little more than that, I guess. But here at the. Uh, the old haunts. You're going to be in Salt Lake for a big family yeah. reunion. Should be fun. And uh, you guys are splitting up your time. Oh, I got to tell you something totally funny before we go on. Uh, okay. Carter, the other night we were talking about, you know, Misha sending out those texts with all the plans and you were replying and everybody's talking to this giant group text, right? And Kim and I are like, oh, okay, that's cool. What are they doing? Oh, okay, that changed. All right. And we're just talking. And Carter goes, so what's the plan? And we explained to her some of the plans and what was going on. And she goes, is it bad that I just want to sit around with Elliot and draw all day while they're here? <laughs> Takes right after her dad. Yep. Isn't that cute, though? She wants to draw with yes. Elliot. That's so cute. Let's do it. I think that's what they should do the whole day. I that That's great. Yeah, Let's do it. Everyone bring your books and pens. Yeah. he. Uh, she really has. She talks. She, she has this thing for Elliot. I think she sees a kindred spirit. Uh, in the boy, and so she wants yeah, to. Cute. She wants to be a good cousin and is, hang is, out with him. Uh, Elliot, a budding budding artist. Yeah, yeah I should. Um, he's also a budding trumpet player. Uh, really, this I'd week. So push push the art. <laughs> <sighs> Let me just say this. So this week, so Adam is up in. Uh, for those that are familiar with this region of the world, it's called the Boundary Waters. You mm. can Google it. It is stunning holy cow so he's up there with the a ball week and they you know there's no, no cell phone coverage no nothing it is it's the wildest place you can go and still be you know a couple hours from civilization that yes. i know of anyway so they're up there and this is the week elliot starts trumpet lessons and i am ready to die oh man <laughs> so you're saying he's like, starting them he's not he's not already like a auteur he's no. just getting going oh boy no and it, I, I mean, I woke up thinking there is an elephant in the house because uh, I forgot. And he just started practicing at pretty early one morning. And, <laughs> wow. So if, if there's a trumpet player listening, you know, it would be great if you could just send me a quick email and tell me how long it takes to not sound like that. Because I, I, I have no sense. I tried it. Like I blew on that. That's impossible. That's not even an instrument. You cannot mm -hmm. make the sound. Mm -hmm. unless I don't, I don't even get it. It's crazy. You go, I can't do it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Personal uh, yeah. lips. Yeah. Yes. Here's you basically blow raspberries and hope yeah. it sounds good. It's a nightmare. Right. Oh. Yeah. This will be him in no time. He'll sound like real music. It'll be coming out of him. 
And you'll just be like, whoa, he's a, he's like the next uh, Fats Wallaby or some name like that I can't think of. Totally won't be. But here's the thing. <laughs> I'd like him to transition all his artistry to pen and quiet paper. That would be great. Mm, all right. Well, then Carter's got you covered. She wants to she wants to draw with the boy. So uh, we're looking forward okay, to actually good. seeing you guys. It'll be a lot of fun. And uh, Wendy comes on Thursdays, as she often does. Although, uh, so Kim's off to, to her girls' camp. You just finished yours. Um, how was that? How'd it go? You were in charge of food as well, so right? Fun. I was in charge of food. I, yeah, I had to pick Kim's brain. Like, how does one feed all sorts of people and make them happy? Kim does that very naturally. I, on the other hand, yeah, have not did not cook a week before and have not cooked since because yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been my year's supply of cooking. No, it was a lot of fun. We went to this place that looked i mean it was it looked just like sweden oh my gosh i see why everyone stopped here when they came because oh yeah anyway it's up uh on the north shore of lake superior it is so beautiful holy cow i'll bet did you get a bunch of you get pictures you get pictures i did but i just am too tired and not recovered enough to post them but i should i should i mean it's like it's just beaches and rocky um it's they're agates you know those cool stones Mm -hmm. So it, they're all inside the ground everywhere. All the rocks, like you just look at a, a, a rock near you and it's full of them. It's crazy. So when anything sort of gets rubbed away or is run, you know, the water hits the thing long enough, then you're just beaches full of these cool rocks. So that, wow. I mean, that sounds fantastic. Lots of waterfalls and just, it was stunning. That so sounds really good. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I'm, uh, I'm glad that you made it. You survived because now you can go yeah. back into like therapy mode and help people here on the show with their problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Give me a problem. All right. Here's a problem. Wendy sent me an email and it is the problem of the week. So we're going to talk about it. We're just going to call this person a husband. Okay. That's like, going to be the name. That's literally what they signed it as. So. Alfred Husband. Alfred Husband. Uh, Says this, Wendy, my wife and I are in our late 30s with two kids under five. First, my wife does a lot for our kids and her job. Our kids are her primary focus. Our marriage has gone downhill. And the past year has been outright terrible. She focuses focuses on divorce, and I focus on keeping her here and keeping our family together. I don't know what to do. He says, here is the history. Dating was great. We got married and moved in together. Soon became pregnant. That was planned, she says. The intimacy slowed down as expected. A couple of years later, we had our second, also anticipated. Affection like cuddling, sex, hugs, all those things just stopped. They halted. She has had a baby, so I wanted, so I waited a couple of months. Then she was breastfeeding, and I had touch overload, or had touch overload, she did. So I waited the 14 months until that was completed. Uh, then it was this reason and that reason and was clear that she didn't want any intimacy at all. After two years of me begging her, we finally went to a couple's counseling. Uh, Nearly too late. She has seen some therapists over the years, but seems to return to those who support her divorcing theory. Never heard of that, by the way, a divorcing theory. We are living in a theory that they want a divorce. Right, right. No, I get get the idea. (laughs) I understand the definition. I mean, it's not like a, that's not like a, uh, you know, a a science term or something. It's not the Pythagorean theorem. Yeah. It's not like a, I I figured what it meant, but I just wasn't, I just never heard it before. Anyway, we were living in a rundown place that seems to stem a lot of these issues. We saved and bought a huge uh, half a million dollar house a few years ago, excuse me, months ago that she was very much a part of. Now she seems uh, like she has no say in any part of the house. I make 75% of our income and I can't afford to get divorced now. That's a lot of money. 
Well, it depends on where you live. If you're in California, that's about right, I guess. Anyway, I got on medication for anxiety and depression in March. She didn't because there isn't anything wrong with her, according to her. That is part of the reason why I am, th- or why I think I am trying all I can do and feel that she is not trying enough, which creates resentment and resentment in me. She stands by the fact that her, quote, not leaving, unquote, is all she can do, and that's enough. I'm afraid I have to disagree, but I can't argue with her because she has the upper hand, being the one who wants to get a divorce. If she does nothing, she gets her way. Marriage is just a piece of paper, quote unquote, uh, and doesn't have any real meaning in it. I was shocked when she said this because I didn't think that was who she was at all when we were dating. So now that's the history. Here's the now. She says I'm uh, codependent because I want things from her. I want hugs. I want sex, conversation, and all the things I need another from another person uh, for. Or that I need another person for, but I don't understand how that is being codependent. Something her therapist says she needs to break. She tells me this, but I don't know what to do with that information. We haven't had sex or even kissed in nearly a year. Every paragraph's got a sex reference, I've noticed here. Anyway, that's probably important. Uh, This weekend, she asked why we don't have an open marriage so I can get affection from somebody else. I don't want this, and I thought it'd be a kind gesture that I don't want another woman, but she didn't see it that way. There are several reasons I don't want to date again. I grew up up with divorced parents. My wife did not, um, and I didn't want that for my kids. I can't afford a divorce. Frankly, I'm terrified of dating because I'm so stressed over the years that I can't imagine someone wanting to be with me at this point anyway. I want to fix things with my wife. And I don't know why, or sorry, I don't know why she can't try and make things better. Divorce seems to be her default path unless she can get me to date someone so I'm not looking uh, to my spouse for anything, which makes me just a paycheck for her. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm exhausted from trying to keep this marriage together. I literally put everything I have into this house thinking it would help our family. Divorce will certainly bankrupt me. The longer I get my needs met, the harder, I'm sorry, the longer I don't get my needs met, the harder it is to keep my sanity. Love to hear your thoughts. I don't uh, want to watch my family fall apart. Signed, a husband. Well, it's pretty gnarly. Yeah. Um, that feels like a big, ugly trap to me. And I don't mean she's setting a trap. I just mean, what are you going to do? Like, I have no idea what I would say to this person. But I'm guessing with your expertise, knowledge, and experience, you might. So, Wendy, what do you want to do? Okay, so you have no idea what you would say. Brian, what would you say? I and see not being in this relationship I don't know the emotional connection that he has to her but I would say get out I would say the longer you keep yourself in this situation and I think the only the only um the the big factor is the is the probably the alimony um is the fact that divorce he he says he can't afford divorce that's a tough thing but man, I wouldn't want to be—I wouldn't want to be a member of any club that didn't want me, basically. So I would, I would get out while I'm still young enough to to move on and um, and be as much of a father to my kids as I can be, and just get all those things that I need from somewhere else. I did have a conversation with Kim the other day that may have bearing on this, where I said, I was a joke, but I said, this would be the perfect time for us uh, to get divorced. And she hit me in the arm. She goes, she goes, what do you mean? <laughs> and I said, I, I said this, I said, well, of course I'm not serious, but the reason it would be a good time now is because my youngest is 19. The other girls are independent and out there and going. And I said, having to worry about 
paying you every month would be a lot cheaper if I divorced you now than it would have been when the kids were little. And then she hit me in the arm again. And I said, yeah. just kidding, just kidding. And then we went about our day. But it, Kim, Kim's in the right on this one, by the way. Multiple <laughs> hits to the arm. Uh, I, I don't disagree. I mean, I was I was in the mood. Kinds of jokes, yeah. But, uh, but anyway, it's there. That's that's the other thing is they're in this. He didn't say how old his kids were. I don't think, but it sounds like they're yeah, pretty little. two kids, two kids under five. Under five. There it is. So mm-hmm. anyway. Okay. So you two, Scott has no ideas, uh, and then Brian, yours is a pretty common like that response because you you're you're coming from it from a position of enough self-confidence that that's exactly what you would do and what mm-hmm. i hear from this email is that he there's a couple have that. Th- yeah he doesn't have that yeah. first of all right off the bat but there's a couple things happening that he has actively done to put himself in this place and you know i have all the sympathy for him in the world like this is super tough first of all late 30s with two kids under 5 taking on a huge mortgage, that's the American dream, dude. And also it destroys people. And how it destroys people is that is really hard. It's really hard to have two little kids. And especially if you have two working parents and you're you're sort of juggling everything. So there's a whole lot of who's doing what, who's picking up who, who's cleaning that. And you become, it's like you're both become nannies, provider, like everybody's got a lot of jobs. So it sounds like she's also probably had a bit of postpartum emotional stuff happen to her. Maybe depression sounds maybe like that's a thing. Um, and the reality is she does, she's not feeling that connection. Maybe she's not feeling other connections. I don't know. Um, but but that's her part of that, right? And his part, which is what people would do. So I, I don't blame him for this, of course. It's to do whatever it takes to keep that marriage together. But what that actually means to keep a marriage together would require very different behavior because the sort of the intuitive thing to do is to do what he's done buy the bigger house. That'll fix it. Or, mm-hmm. um, make sure she's never unhappy, right? Like try mm-hmm. to cater to all of this stuff. Like, okay, so no affection, no sex, no touching, no nothing. I'll just respect that. And, and, and eventually that turns into years. I mean, that is, so, so it's very intuitive how this sort of all plays out and happens. And this is why this is a very common story as much as they may not realize it is very common. Yeah. So then to go to couples counseling is, that's a great idea. The problem actually starts to occur when a couple starts to see somebody individually, a member of the couple, because what do you do when you go into counseling, when your marriage is rough, you go in and you talk about how bad your spouse is. And eventually the therapist who has no connection to to the other person is saying, well, you sound pretty miserable. Is this really what you want to do? And they're sort of like, no, I want divorce. And then suddenly you get this reinforcing cycle. In fact, we know um, if, if people in marriage counseling take off and do individual, they're much more likely to divorce, like significantly higher numbers do. And there's a reason because you're not with that person dealing with the stuff. You're with a person who's empathetic and going, yeah, that's rough. Okay. You got to live your best life. And, and so that's, that has been not a great thing on one hand. However, if she was getting treated for depression, that'd be maybe an important thing. I don't know. So he didn't mention that, but that was my suspicion with two kids in a couple years and a a busy life can suck anyone's soul. And this is kind of midlife crisis time for everybody too. So there's a lot going on. Um, But here's a thought that the, the thing that I think is hard here is she's using words like codependent because 
as she describes him to her therapist, that's how he sounds. Um, whether he is or not, I don't know. But, you know, sort of needing her always, pleading to have everything work out, staying no matter what, regardless of how you're treated, um, is an example of someone who's codependent. It's an example of somebody who, when you build your life around trying to make someone who's unhappy happy, you become codependent. So we should, we should define that really quick. So codependency sort of originated in the alcoholism movement of, you know, the alcoholic has somebody in their life that kind of bails them out of jail, right? Mm -hmm. That person who will always hope that they get better and fix stuff that they messed up to just keep it all going. Often it's a spouse. Um, that, and so that's kind of where we get that original term from. And so if you think about how codependency might work in any other relationship, it's interdependency is what we want, right? So he's right about it, touching, hugging, loving each other, being friends, connecting, all that stuff is interdependency and crucial to a relationship. But when it's completely one-sided, then it's going to look more like codependency. Like I can't live without you. I'm willing to sacrifice all my needs and wants and because I need you to be happy. And then it's this vicious cycle, right? So he's, he's right in the middle of this, of right. the vicious cycle. And the worst, and the worst thing that could happen in that part is that she says, okay, because then he feels like anything he do isn't going to be good enough because it has to be measured up against giving, like giving up everything for her. Right. Right. And, yeah. and you cannot, and this is my opinion. It's, you know, take it or leave it. But I have never, ever, ever, ever seen a relationship like this work where one works a thousand times harder than the other. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean for just periods of time, maybe someone's struggling with an addiction or there, there is an affair and reconciliation can happen. I mean, there are lots of cases where temporarily you may be working a little harder than your spouse, but as an ongoing, Consistent. she's trying to say, I don't know if I want to be in this and you are demanding it continue then I, that is not a long-term sustainable uh, thing. And, and part of it is she's maybe not able to say what she really thinks and wants. She maybe doesn't know. I mean, so, so let's just analyze her for a second. And you guys can answer as, you know, women in your late 30s who have two small children. Why are you confused about whether you want to be with your husband or not? Why is this a question? Why isn't, why isn't our mm -hmm. advice quickly to her to go like run or stay or what, like, what would you say to her? What do you guys think? Oh man. I mean, if I was to, the, the part of the, the picture that I have from just his email is that she's just in this little space that doesn't have any desire to go forward. Like it's just, it's all just enough, like just barely mm -hmm. enough to subsist, uh, to exist uh, anything beyond that is too much work to the point that she'll even say, Hey, go find some lady companionship yeah. in some other way. Cause I'm not, I don't want it, but I'm, which cool. makes me, which makes me wonder if she's already done that. Yeah. That, that's, uh, that did enter my mind. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I, uh, Brian's not wrong that that, that seems possible, but it, I feel like we don't have a really good view. I think this may be his view of where she's at, but maybe she's, she's just hiding something. I don't know. So, okay. Interesting. Of course, dudes are going to think that. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, that's obviously very possible. But my, my first thought is definitely not that. My first thought is there, and there are probably women listening and people, probably not, but I know a lot of women have expressed this at various times uh, in privacy to me that 
that is, some of them are sort of feel like they become asexual and they just are zero mm. bit interested and would love their husband just to leave them alone. Can they just be buddies and watch Netflix? I'm not kidding. Mm. That's a thing you guys don't know about, but it's true. And so <laughs> it's very possible that there is some of, you know, like her sex drive has gone through the floor. I personally, if I was her or her good friend, I would demand she get a panel of blood taken and look at mm. all of her functioning systems. Like is her thyroid shot after pregnancy? Um, what is her, what does her hormone situation look like? She's, you know, there's very possibly some biological explanations for some of this. Um, and likely she, I would assume has some version of depression. Um, and so, you know, treating all of that stuff first and then treating the marriage is ideal. Here's the challenge with that though. He is in the codependent, we'll use their term, um, position in this relationship where him begging her to get medical evaluation is just one more thing he's doing all the work for, right? right? right. Yeah. Maybe that could be his last ditch effort. Like, listen, if you get all this blood work done and you get an evaluation that is, you know, first of all, biological to make sure everything post baby is okay health-wise, you know, all sorts of that sort of tested and everything is 100% normal and you are, you know, fine and you really don't want to be with me. Okay. That's one thing. Um, and so that would be maybe a, a place to put some effort, but it does need to be her decision. That's what makes this tricky. So maybe she could listen. Um, because I'm guessing she doesn't feel like herself. I'm guessing she feels trapped. I'm guessing five and a three-year-old who she loves and cares for, but did not recognize life would feel this way and end up this way. Um, and how do you get out? You don't, or you want to, but you can't. And so you stay and part of you is dying and, or um, you've got some other things happening that mimic all these feelings. Um, mm. Like you, we can screw up a thyroid and absolutely mimic the exact same feelings you'll have with postpartum depression. Mm. So it's really important that, there is some look into that. I think for anybody who's listening, who's thinking like, I do not feel like myself, something is off. It is something is usually off, but then you can see how that impacts your relationships. Um, I mean, this will be a familiar refrain for some folks is that at various times, if you're hungry and grumpy, you treat people differently. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so that type of thing can, can have an impact, but here's, let's go back to the guy for a second. What does he do in the meantime? So he can suggest medical evaluation. He can suggest that she makes sure she's, everything's working like it's supposed to. Um, and then what if it is? His next step, and this is where he doesn't mention that he's done his own work. He's talked about her going to therapy and them going to couples. Am I right? Did I miss something? He, well, I mean, yeah, he did say that he got on medication for anxiety and depression. So that seems to lean towards the fact that he's done some, um, gotten some therapy or medical advice or he went to his general practitioner and said, I'm sad and got a pill. Right. That's probably yeah. What happened. yeah. That could easily. Yeah, sure. And, and so likely, because again, here's, and here's the position he's in. He's the savior of the family and he's trying to do all of this rescuing and making sure everything works, which means he, he can't actually be doing, doing any real introspection about his own needs, his own behavior, because he's in the victim position who has to be the savior. That's a rough combo. Um, and no one can do it. I mean, maybe someone named Superman, but I, I've never met anyone who can do both of those things. Yeah. And some real honesty 
real openness, real hard, hard discussions and, you know, a, a deep dive into what he needs and what they would need as a couple and what they both really want, which would include potentially it's not going to work mm-hmm. um, to me is the remedy. And, and that's the hard work. Most people don't know how to get started or, or maybe it's just too terrifying because he's got this entire plan. I will be bankrupt. I will lose this house. I, I won't, my, you know, my poor kids, everything he has to lose keeps him behaving the way he's behaving. Mm-hmm. And similarly, everything that she has to lose keeps her behaving the way she's behaving. And in her case, it's mm-hmm. maybe not divorce. That's the loss that she's so afraid of, but she's lost maybe herself. She's lost a feeling like it matters in her life to have this partner and that connection. Um, she just strikes me as numb. And I don't know if that's a right, the right response, but yeah, but like, I mean, it does sound like very apathetic, very, um, closed off. And I do picture her as being kind of just immobile, not immobile, but unmoved by any of his, um, his, uh, declarations of love and and stuff like that, just kind of apathetic to it all. Right. And, and the, here's the tricky part about marriage is, is, you know, okay. So you sign a piece of paper. Okay, cool. And then things progress and life changes and you have to adjust. So Esther Perel is a pretty famous, um, marriage counselor. You can listen to her. She has some podcasts where she does a two hour session with a couple. That's it. That's all she sees them for is like, maybe it's four hours or something crazy. And she edits edits it to like 30 or 40 minutes. It's fascinating. So if you need, if you want to listen to some fun, uh, couples therapy live, she, she does a great job. And, um, anyway, she, there's a Ted talk you can see that she does and some other things, but she talks about this concept of everyone has three marriages. Mm. And if you're lucky enough, it's the same person each time. Um, but there's that first marriage. And I think that's what this couple has had. They had the first marriage and then kids come along, which always bumps you into the second marriage mm. and a little early on their part. Um, it, it, it's that the, you know, sort of trying to put money in the bank years and make sure the kids are getting what they need years. And, you know, that's, that's not your first marriage. You wouldn't have married if you thought that's what it was. Because <laughs> right. it's hard. The second marriage is hard. And some people will, they'll get divorced after that first marriage. They'll marry someone else. And then they're trudging through that second marriage, which is why second marriages have such a high divorce rate. It is hard. Mm. And then the third marriage is sort of retirement age. Um, kids out of the out. house. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you guys are well on your way to your third marriages. So yeah. Tina and I dabbled in our third marriage a little bit, but um, <laughs> through no fault of our own came back to our second marriage. <laughs> Revisiting that. And here's where, (laughs) here's where this guy, I mean, it's, it is clearly a transition situation. Either you guys have to decide to remarry each other or you need to move on to your actual other second marriages. If that makes sense, like the work it's going to take to, you you can't just expect her to give you affection because you were married the first time. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, To stick with my analogy the actual relationship connection. She owes you nothing. You owe her nothing. There is still a building of a relationship that has to occur. And I think sometimes people can get confused by that. Well, we've been married and this is just what you do. And there is a lot Mm -hmm. to just like pretend that is fine. Their whole marriage when it's not, Mm -hmm. or are a sexless couple. That's very common. 
you know, like to really navigate that second marriage with kids and a mortgage is. Well, everybody, everybody's got their different idea of what marriage is when you're going into it. And so when you triple that with three different marriages, it's, it's, you know, it gets even more complicated. Like, oh, we were on the same page before kids came along. And then, then we kind of grew further apart when the kids were, because we were both focusing on raising the kids. And so we had nothing to come back to when they left the house. Plus that first marriage is kind of awesome and sexy and great and free Mm -hmm. of like weird stuff like it's awesome scott keeps bringing up sex i wonder if there's something going on hey maybe it's that maybe it's that new tea i'm getting that low tea i had now i got the new tea it's the tea it's the tea shots have you heard about his tea shots no she hasn't i'm gonna we're gonna tell wendy about it right now so about four years ago i was complaining about how tired i was and pooped i was and wendy on the side note said hey you know what you ought to do she's going to get like a testosterone workup just see how you're doing and i said oh that seems like maybe a thing but i never did it Okay, I just kind of didn't didn't do it. It sounded like work, and it, I'm like, Dad, I don't go to the doctor for any other reason except we're in the ER, right? I just don't like going. I am the same. Ugh, and, you know, it's a Johnson thing. But anyway, uh, recently, uh, I was just super tired again, always tired, always worn out. And uh, I went in to get blood work done, and it came back super low. I actually meant to tell you this. But it went, came back really, really low. It's supposed to be 500 to 900 in my age range, and it's like 140. And What? Uh, yeah, I know. It was really low. It's not like, you know, the lowest they've ever seen, but it was pretty low. So I took my first uh, uh, testosterone shot last Tuesday. I'll have another one next Tuesday. It's every other week. And uh, <laughs> chat room's reposting the clip of me doing it. <laughs> the, the video air. of Scott getting his tee yeah, shot. <laughs> I got my tee shot. Not, not, not graphically. Kim was just back there somewhere in the distance yeah. giving me a shot. But anyway, um, I, I, I the reason I bring all this up is uh, I can already feel a difference. And um, I have way more energy than I had before. And I've only had this like small dosage shot once. And, and I haven't even had the second one yet. And it's already made that big of a difference. It's entirely possible, like you said earlier, that she's got issues just on the female side of that spectrum. Oh, and that sure. needs to get that checked out. It's still the issue of it's him doing all the work to drive her to do a thing she doesn't feel like doing. Um, and maybe she's like I was four years ago where Wendy gave me perfectly good advice and I said, eh, just kind of blew it off, right? But I don't know. Like, I don't know what it takes to be the time to make it happen. For me, it was just, I'm tired of feeling like garbage. Let's go get blood done. And that's what came back. So. Yeah. And I would recommend with the three and five year old, you do not wait four years because right. if you're going to divorce, now's the time. Yeah. Um, for their mm-hmm. benefit. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I tell you, when I meet people whose parents are divorced and I'm, I rarely meet a kid whose parents got divorced when they were three. And it has an impact. But when they are 9 and 10 and 11 and 12, oh, yeah, it's bad. because they know and they get it. And it's so much harder. Mm. Um, well, and, and you're, Scott, your point is a really good one. It is easy to hear advice. I mean, this is the human condition, right? Like we kind of know what we're supposed to do sometimes. We just don't do it. But what this would require, and, and this is something for him to, to really mull over, is to make this time sensitive because it is. So when I have a couple come in who are sort of, rocky and a mess and one person's kind of like not in it as much as the other one that's very common um is that i put a time frame on what we're going to do because they're just thinking i don't want to go to therapy the rest of my life to talk about this thing i've already talked about and 
what it is, is I say, okay, you have three months. You give me everything you have for three months. You do everything I say. <laughs> you perform all the duties that you're supposed to do. And you try and we work through hash through these really hard things. It's really, we create a lot of cool positivity in their life separate from therapy. And then therapy has certain aspects. And I get them both to commit to it. It works. Mm. If they can't commit to three months of giving everything, then I already know. There's, there's, mm. It's not going to work. Yeah, people and, just straight and, up go, eh, I can't do it. Like, right. Oh, right. Interesting. Hmm. And and wow. the hard thing is like in your case, if I had said Scott, like you have you have three months to get this blood work, or I'm gonna I don't know take your dog away. You would have done it. <laughs> Ooh, hit him where it hurts. Yeah, I know. I was I thinking, what dog. would be painful? That would be painful, right? But you know what I'm saying? Like we're we're motivated because we're used to feeling like garbage. Yeah. To stick with the feeling like garbage until it gets too much. I mean, that's that's a, a pretty famous therapy quote. Is essentially like you, no one changes until it's too painful not to change. Mm. And so here's the problem though, with little kids and a house and a life like this is you can just numb. I mean, the numbing, the depression, the anxiety, all of this stuff, these are all just warning bells. Your body's like, I have the freaking flu. You cannot keep doing what you're doing. And so he needs to care about himself. He needs to matter. And he's, I get it. You don't feel confident right now. You don't, of course you don't. You've spent how long trying to get someone to love you? Mm. Like, there's a reason your confidence is through the floor, but it'll come back. And you, but the only way for that to happen is for you to do the stuff necessary. This takes a lot of courage. It's going to require a lot of support. And so that is one thing I would also recommend is get your support system online, in real life, in your base so that you are, you know, you feel like you're surrounded with good people who care about you and that you know, are reasonable and are going to listen and also maybe give you a little advice, but you just don't feel alone. That's important because the more she's the only thing in your world, the more screwed you are. So I was going to, I was going to, doesn't give her a chance to want you. It right, doesn't. Right. She, it's actually mm-hmm. so unappealing. It's to have the you other, this. Yeah. So, it's the opposite, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to, I was going to skip over a thing, but too many people are asking about it in the chat and I actually have a very good friend who I will not name here that went through this exact thing. And it's maybe worth bringing up because then you can just say whether this is we're all up in the night or not. But based on the email, there's people in the chat room who are saying, this feels like a situation where my radar is going off or maybe she's, her orientation is is, is become uh, uh, a question in her head. And yeah. after t- kids, she's maybe like, maybe I like women or something. Uh, the same thing happened to a friend of mine who... Um, had two kids and things were real weird and they couldn't figure out what was weird. And she finally figured it out and she was gay and they got a divorce. They're all very friendly now, but, uh, you know, rough period. Is there any chance that's going on here? And I mean, we probably don't know enough information, right? Like, and even if you did, what are you going to say? Like, we just don't know enough information. You got to have them in a room. I would think to ask those kind of questions. Totally. Totally. And it's the kind of thing, like if she, she obviously it's going to require her to be aware and honest about that. Um, And so, yeah, that's, it's a possibility, but it is the other possibility is asexuality, changing sexuality, um, depression, chemical asexuality, which is, definitely a thing being neutered chemically. Like you just stop, have zero desire. And I, I think if we had a room full of moms with little kids and had them raise their hands, you would see there's a, there is a common denominator of the stress of that stage of life and not, I mean, kids climbing all over you and needing something from you every minute. 
just reduces your libido naturally and if not chemically. So there's a lot of possibilities. Obviously, you'd have to sit down and ask, but that's a Maybe that's people a, are watching uh, too much uh, Friends and they look at Ross and his uh, first wife and her going gay. They, you guys are just watching too much Friends and Friends <laughs> radars going off. You're watching right. too much Friends. Yeah, that's your yeah, answer. And, he, and it may be. I mean, there's lots of possibilities. <laughs> I think I think the, the risk, though, is that he focuses on her. The risk is to keep thinking it's if she just changes her mind, everything goes back to normal. No, your second marriage is it's like you have the worst engagement <laughs> and you have, you are deciding, do you guys really want to do the second marriage? And you, you've got to figure out how to reconnect for him to be a person again. Um, the best thing for those kids is that you're two healthy adults. That's the best thing. Mm. And right now there's a, a swirling sort of toxicity within the relationship that he perpetuates and she perpetuates. And so Breaking that up by doing things very differently is really, really crucial, but it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of faith because it's sort of like the belief of I just kind of hang on, it'll work out or she'll come around is is tempting, but it's dangerous because it rarely happens. It rarely is a turnaround Um, with with no intervention and just sort of living life, everyone in denial. Um, So, yeah. And, you know, the opposite may be totally true. Leave everything alone. It'll work out. But I. That's just not been my experience. Does not feel like that's going to happen. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, I guess, I don't know. I just feel really bad for this guy. I want it to work no, out. Too. Let us know I feel if bad this for uh, both of them, really, but yeah. Yeah. The whole situation is just hard. Mm-hmm. You're waking up every day with these feelings. And mm-hmm. I can't imagine that. I got up today at 4 a.m. It was awful because getting ready for Kim to go to camp. And I just remember thinking to myself this morning, like, this would suck so bad if I wasn't so into her and if she wasn't so into me. This would just suck. Because this is work. Everything's work. It's all hard. Planning mm-hmm. and taking and doing and blah, 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 blah. Like, it all takes all this work. And if, if you're doing that work with someone who doesn't like you anymore, mm-hmm. or, or, or it was just going through, even if it's just a period of this or whatever, it sounds so miserable. So I really uh, yeah. really feel for this guy. And I hope yeah. hope we can get better. No, I chat room. It's called Love, Scott. No, I know. I know what it is. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not saying it's some mystery thing I don't understand. I know what it is. Anyway, uh, gotta stop reading the chat room. Uh, so, Wendy, yeah. this has all been good. Uh, next week, we'll we'll have another hack at it and see if we can't help somebody else and a few other people along the way. Is there anything happening in your neck of the woods that you'd like to mention at all? Yeah, at some point, but not uh, yeah. At the moment, I'm just trying to survive summer and uh, not give my kids up for adoption. That sounds mm-hmm. terrible. That's yeah. the feeling some days, but other than that, I'm, we're good. Yeah. I got, you told me the range the other day and I couldn't believe it. You said seven to 17. That's insane yeah, to me. When did that happen? Like yesterday? Like it really did. It did. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I'm like excited it. for them to hang out with their adult cousins. Maybe some maturity <laughs> will rub off on them. <laughs> Maybe you got, so you still have the youngest oh. kids, I guess in the whole, the whole reunion you'll oh, think yeah, oh, well i guess sure. if you're of, of our generation that is i guess because you got you know taylor's yeah. got a baby and chris and anna have a baby and all that but but yeah you guys yeah. are the you guys are the holdouts which yeah makes they me, are it's really fun yeah and mom and john are i mean they're just subsisting they're just there <laughs> they're just that's that's terrible that's <laughs> terrible i love them I, I had texted her yesterday and told her how i missed her and i can't wait to see everybody together and blah 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 Good. And remember her birthday Saturday. Yeah, it's sa- this Saturday, everybody. My mom's birthday is on Saturday. Do not let me forget Aww. it. 
I'm Please, gonna... someone text and remind him because I will try, but I might forget. Just flood send me. her a lovely Elton John disc. Yeah. <laughs> flood. <laughs> now, now, Wendy may not know this, but Brian is saying oh. that because I think Mom looks like current Elton John. I, it's just the thing I say. I think she looks like Elton John. Ever since Elton John got a little older, Mom looks like Elton John. That's that's the okay, reference. Great. There. No, I I knew that you didn't have to. Oh, you didn't know that? I didn't know you knew that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and so I laughed because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe you talked to a thousand <laughs> strangers about how you think your mom looks like Elton John. But you knew the oh whole my. time that she did look like Elton John a little bit. It's not like even a bad thing, you know. It's more like Elton John looks like my mom. It's the other way around. He's a, he's a national treasure. Yeah, yeah. international okay. treasure. International treasure. That's right. He, Lion King makes music. Anyway, oh, uh, uh, Wendy, have a fantastic uh, time, <laughs> and we'll see you very soon. All Goodbye. right, bye guys. Bye. See ya. All right. Well, <laughs> that was a good time there. Yeah. Uh, well, that's it. We're done with the show. Um, I did have a thing. Oh, oh, Dave just sent me a new text. I have a new code. Check this out. Uh, we're doing this. Uh, the stream of, uh, hey, Scott's getting old it's coming up in a week and a half. And so why not save people some money on the store? Yesterday it was a 50% off. You know, that number means something, the 50 the book. Right? Yeah. 50. 50 is, is relevant or something? Turns out, Brian, it's huh. a little relevant, yes. Hmm. I know, weird, right? I mean, it's hard to weird. even get around what's going on there. So uh, <laughs> so as a result, <laughs> the, uh, we're doing it again today. <laughs> Today's deal is live. It's up on the store now. If you go there, you will find it. It is uh, the code is now old O L D, and you get fifty percent off the TMS Tiger mug. Okay, so the fifty percent off the TMS Tiger mug. We didn't even think we had any of those left, but we have a few. So you know, I don't even know the Tiger mug. Do you drink Tiger blood out of it? It's just got a tiger on there. Wait, is it the Tiger one, or am I thinking of the? He said Tiger. Did he screw up? Maybe he means the duck one because I have one with a duck on it. Mm. Oh no! It is the TMS Tiger mug. Hold on. Uh, why did he call it the Tiger mug? I don't know why he's calling that the Tiger mug. <laughs> it's oh, is it because oh, because it's got the Chester Cheetah. Wasn't he a tiger on the back? That's oh, why. gotcha. Okay. <laughs> relive, relive uh, one of our greatest moments here on TMS. Yep, that is normally a sixteen dollar mug. You can get that for half oh. off. Uh, today for uh, just using that code old at checkout. So that's today's deal. It'll go till noon Eastern tomorrow. Old is the code frogpants.com slash store. Yeah, it's a pretty good deal. All right. You're silly if you don't take uh, take take advantage of that. Silly, I, I tell you. I agree. Hey, Brian and I will be back here tomorrow for another edition of uh, TMS, but it will be the PM edition. So 3.30 Mountain Time tomorrow. So come back for, uh, for that. And uh, what else is going on? There's other shows this weekend, all kinds of streams. Oh, uh, Guess the Connection on Cover, uh, Coverville. Guess the Connection tomorrow at 1 p.m., oh, my yeah. usual Coverville time. But on Fridays, I do Guess the Connection, win a prize. Got some cool prizes to give away. So uh, figure out what the six covers I play have in common besides them being covers and besides the fact that I'm playing them. <laughs> I like Because I always get guesses. Yeah. The, the six songs are the ones you're playing. It's what they have in common. Or they're covers. Or whatever. Do people really say that in there? Yes, but but facetiously. They'll still do it now. They'll do it more yes. now. None we... of these people have ever been in my kitchen. 
Uh, so yeah, tomorrow that'll be that. You'll have the instance in the morning, I believe. And uh, what else are we gonna do tomorrow? There's other things I can't think of any. Film sack this weekend. What's our movie? Uh, yeah. Red Dawn. Oh, Red Dawn, right? Wolverines. 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 So that's gonna be a thing. Brian's never seen Red Dawn. Super We're the stoked. best at what we do, and what we do isn't nice. <laughs> You kind of have it right. That's exactly the point of that movie. <laughs> so that'll be fun. And then uh, there will be Dungeons on Saturday. All kinds of good stuff this weekend. So do stick around and check it out. All right. That's going to do it for the show. Patreon.com slash TMS. That's how you can support us. If you're looking for anything else, you can find us over at frogpants.com slash TMS. Uh, or just hit frogpants.com and you can find it. It's all there. All right, Brian. Uh, what else? Song. 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 Take us out with a song? Yeah. Song, Scott, song. is that what I should do? Song. Uh, Brian B. wrote in. Is this the one I'm doing? No, I'm doing this one today. Greg from Boston wrote in and said, uh, well, hello, Kim Chi and Kala Power. Because he's talking about two things that we enjoy. Mm-hmm. On July 11th, I'll be turning 52. 52. And would love to hear a cover of my favorite band, The Cars, uh, pronounced Kaz here in Boston. Um, good times roll or any other cars song of your choice. Great meeting you in Vegas. Love Greg from Boston. Nice. Uh, I remember us giving him a hard time because he had the, the thick mm-hmm. Boston accent. He did. We were hanging out after the concert. Um, so I looked at my covers of good times roll. I don't have a great cover of good times roll. I've got a couple okay covers of good times roll, but I decided to go with another cars cover because you said, or any other cars cover of your choice. This one, this one rocks. And, um, it feels like uh it feels like a green day cover of the cars this is a band called the frustrators from their 2002 album octung jackass (laughs) (laughs) which is my favorite u2 album never released uh this is the frustrators with their cover of my best friend's girl oh that's awesome all right we'll be back tomorrow come on back then be with us we'll see you then Dancing down the street with her suede blue eyes. Every new boy that she meets doesn't know the real surprise.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Jerkwater USA.